Hey there, Laura here. Just a quick announcement for the month of December. We are going to be taking a much needed Christmas break, but don't worry. There'll still be new episodes every week. For the month of December, we are jumping back to share a few of the most viewed sessions from the 2023 Church Mental Health Summit. And I can't wait to share these fantastic talks and resources with you. From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip your team and strengthen hope. I'm Laura Howe, and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. The show today is a flashback to one of the amazing sessions at our 2023 Church Mental Health Summit with Tony Collier. This past spring, I was at an event for mental health leaders in the faith space, and I had the privilege to meet Tony. I've been following Tony for a while, having heard her first speak at an if gathering, and I was always encouraged by how she showed up. It seems so authentic. And let me tell you, what you see is what you get in person, on stage, at the IF gathering, or virtually here at the Church Mental Health Summit. She immediately feels like a friend that loves you deeply, but won't let you get away with anything less than your full potential. And I chose to highlight this talk because it spoke to me personally. Now, I'm not struggling with hidden sin or habits like she identifies in her talk, but December. This is the Friday of the year. This feels like Friday afternoon for me, and and nobody feels like working on Friday afternoons. No, we feel like going home and getting into comfy clothes, being lazy. It's been a long week, or should I say a year. So this is why I picked Tony's talk, because it is December and I'm tired. But Tony's talk, her session, gives me perspective that in all of these feelings of being tired or wanting rest or kind of feeling weary and wanting to pull away, I can't forget my focus and priority on being a follower. Now, there's nothing wrong with being tired or longing for rest or chilling out on the couch in oversized clothes and ordering in takeout. In fact, I just might be doing that tonight, and I encourage you to do the same. But in doing that, I need to stay true to being in the Word and being part of a trusted community. These areas are way too important as le- to us as leaders. Now, I hope as you listen to this talk, you feel the same. You feel comforted that your authentic self is worthy of love, but your road to hope and healing needs to include those four components of being seen, soothed, safe, and secure. I hope you enjoyed Tony's talk like I did. Well, hello. I am so excited to be here. My name is Tony Collier, and I am what most people call a hope coach, an author of a brand new book, Brave Enough to Be Broken, speaker, and a mom and a wife, you know, all the fun things. So I want to unpack this concept to you really quickly, and it's just called being brave enough to be broken. And I think as ministry leaders, I think we kind of get cringy. Our pits start sweating a little bit when we talk about this idea of brokenness. Well, when do we be broken? Like, is it appropriate to share some of these things with our ministries and churches and organizations? Like, how do we actually live lives that are holy, but also in pursuit of wholeness and healing? 
Because I just believe, I don't know about you, I believe that, yeah, sure, God really wants holy leaders. He wants people to understand that he is the the holy of holies and and he's got all the glory, but that when we are deeply connected to him and when we are righteously convicted, we're holy. But how many of you know that you can uh, be holy and know scripture all day long, but also be mean, (laughs) okay? Where you know all the scriptures and can spit them off to everybody, but you're rude. And maybe you're not mean or rude or irritated or gossipy because you want to be, but maybe there's something deep in you that's broken, that is having trouble with control, betrayal, sadness, grief, longing. And so all of that that's happening on the inside of you gets projected onto everyone around you, not just your family members, because those are the ones that get hit first because you feel all comfortable with them but maybe also your volunteers and your staff members and ultimately people that are looking up to you. People that want to follow Jesus because they've seen how you follow Jesus, but because of how you have acted, you've tainted them, hurt them. You become narcissistic in some ways. Listen, we're going deep. (laughs) Go deep or go home is my motto, okay? You've cheated on your wife or husband. You've done drugs. You've had an addiction that you just cannot break. You have not led a life of integrity. Maybe it's not because you don't love Jesus. Maybe it's because you've got a deep wound that needs tending to. I remember I was a youth pastor at a church and I was doing my thing. I thought it was so cute. And I was just living this fake, perfect, fake peace type life on stages as a youth pastor and deeply hurting at home. And I was in a really toxic and abusive marriage. I was at a a spiritually abusive and manipulative church. It was so bad, so bad. I remember one day I got my um, daughter a box of, a 64 box of crayons with a sharpener in the back. If you're old, you know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Um, And I I brought it home and I set her all up in the living room and I was so excited for her to create like a masterpiece because I'm a competitive person. And so I'm like, she's the next Picasso. You know what I'm saying? One of those type of parents, like a dance mom. And um, I set her all up and I go into the kitchen and I came back. And when I tell you this girl has robbed these crayons of their dignity, all the little clothes is off, torn, it's crazy. And she's just sitting on the floor like nothing has even happened at all. She's got like her little feet up. She's just coloring her little Elsa book. You know, like nothing has happened. And I stooped down next to her and I said, baby girl, why did you do this? Why did you break all these crayons, my girl? And she's like two years old. She goes, mommy, color. And she flashes the crown at me, licks it, and just keeps on going, okay? She has no idea what's happening, okay? Well, I put her behind the bed, didn't even give her dinner. I'm just kidding, okay? They're like, she, they shouldn't have invited her to the summit. I'm fine, okay? I, I gave her dinner, I put her to bed, I came back downstairs, and I'm cleaning up all these crayons, and I have this thick carpet, because we are living in this duplex, and I'm a single mom, and, and I just start weeping. And I'm like, this is my life, right? Like, I'm just, I'm not crying at this point. Then I take a minute to go like watch myself cry in the mirror because that's what women do. And if you're watching this and you're a woman, you know, if you're watching this and you're a man, you're like, what? It's like, welcome to womanhood, okay? And I'm weeping not because of all the crayons, obviously, but because it felt like my entire life was shattered. Failed marriage. I transitioned out of that toxic church I didn't have the ministry title anymore. And honestly, I didn't deserve to have it anymore because of 
all the things I was doing while in ministry, drinking alcohol until I was pissy drunk and smoking weed. And it was horrible. And I was still standing on the stage thinking I was all that with my fake perfect life and my fake peace. And I remember hitting a necessary rock bottom because it was from that place of absolute surrender, of crying over a bed of crayons and me saying, God, you're gonna have to do it, that I realized for the first time, all of this time I had been a fan of God and not a follower. That's the first practical tip I wanna give to you right now. Ask yourself, are you just a fan of what's happening in your churches and organizations? Or are you a follower? Because let me just tell you, a fan looks real different. A fan calls themselves a Christian, right? They wear it probably with a badge of honor, just like fans do. A fan, you know, watches everything from the sidelines. You're just at church on Sunday, living your best life, singing all the worship songs, you know, every single Maverick City song, Hill song, all the people, okay? But that's just on Sunday, though. Monday through Saturday is whipping your tail. You're not having no kind of quiet time. You're not meeting with the Lord. That's a fan. But a follower, a follower surrenders. A follower understands that in a world that teaches us that, oh, we have to be perfect to have success. We have to be perfect to have the title. That, that's not even true. That in order to have the most success in the kingdom of God, it's not perfection that's going to get us there. It's surrender. A follower surrenders. A follower cares more about relationship than anything, than how many people sit up in your church, than how many followers or comments you have, than how like cool you can sound on a reel. A follower cares more about their deeply, deeply tethered relationship with God. They care more about waking up 30 minutes earlier to be with God. Are you a fan or are you a follower? Because at the foundation of that relationship comes everything else. It comes the next things that I'm, talk- that I'm gonna talk about, which is to be seen, deeply seen. We need people that are like Jesus with skin on to see us in the depths of us. Renee Brown says, we are imperfect and we're wired for struggle, but we're still worthy of love and belonging. How easy is it for us to love the people that are perfect. Everybody's got like a Susan or a Rick in their life. Susan and Rick people, like they're when they're named that, they're like super nice, okay? They're like bringing all the presents, they're smiling all the time, and we're just like, get angry, Rick. What the freak, okay? Why are you so happy all the time, you know? <laughs> it's easy to love those people, though. It's real hard to love the other kind of people. And you know who I'm talking about. Don't look at them right now if they're in the room, okay? But those people that just kind of get on your nerves a little bit when you're at the small group, you're like, do we really have to invite him today? Okay. It's hard because they've done something bad. They've done something wrong. The truth is we've all been those people. We've all done something bad and done something wrong and caused pain to people. We've all struggled with our temptations and our addictions and the things that we make idols instead of God. We've all done it. But when someone can look us in the eye and tell us that I know everything that you've done, I know exactly where you've been, but you're still worthy of love and belonging, that's when the good stuff happens. That's when healing happens. When you got people that don't ever leave the room and then your brain starts to realize, oh my goodness, 
I actually am really seen here. I, I actually don't have to hide here. Because let me just remind you, friends, hiding is the kryptonite to healing. If you want to be your best self, if you want to lead a ministry with integrity and wholeness and healing, you better not be hiding. Come on, we've all seen it. We've seen the pastor fall. We've seen the leader fall. We've seen the documentaries and all the things. We've seen it. And we're all shocked, aren't we? We're shocked when that thing happens, when that person falls, when that family falls apart, when that ministry implodes because they'd been hiding for so long, we didn't see it coming. They didn't see it coming. Stop hiding. And I know it's easier said than done because shame's got a hold of you. I get it. Let me just give you a little tidbit here. There's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt says I've done something bad. Shame says I am bad. Shame is an identity attacker. Be smart enough to know the difference. You can be guilty of stuff and we can plead guilty, but we do not have to plead to shame. I left shame in 2020. Remember that one year where everything hit the fan for everybody? I left that right back there because I was looking crusty for about three months. And I'm like, if th- it look, this is about as bad as it gets right here, okay? COVID. I don't need to have no more shame walking into nothing no more. And the truth is you don't have to either because shame will rob from you. It will steal from you. You can claim guilt without having to embrace shame. Don't do that. Here's another thing that I want to give you. Um, Dr. Kurt Thompson, who is an incredible friend and leader and just, an oh gosh, he's just amazing. Go read his books, okay? Um, he says that we all come into the world looking for someone looking for us. And we do, don't we? Like we're nasty little, like, I don't know, turtles without the shell looking babies, because that's what we look like when we first come out, like turtle without a shell. And we're like crying and we're like this. I don't even know how to describe. I just had a baby 10 months ago, so I know exactly what's going down here. And as soon as that baby finds his mother, her mother, and gets held, they calm down. Because babies come into the world looking for someone looking for them. And the truth is, you've never stopped. The same things that you needed as a child, you need right now. You do. Now they may look different, be packaged a little differently, but you need it. And I think somewhere along the way, we forgot that one, we're supposed to enter heaven as children, but two, like that little girl, that little boy, like that's, see, they're still in us. And they still need everything that we needed then or even that we didn't get back then. There's four S's that we all needed that I want you to lean into, and then I'll be done. Dr. Kurt Thompson says, when we come into the world, we have these four S's, these four needs to be seen, soothed, safe, and secure. If you're writing notes, to be seen, soothed, safe, and secure. You need all of them when you were a little boy or girl, and you need all of them right now. You need to be deeply seen. That's where the shame starts to go away. When someone knows you, when they connect with you, and they see you for you in all your glory and in your ratchetness, it starts to heal something. It takes you out of hiding. You also need to be soothed. You need someone that's not going to say, be strong, get through it, it's all good. I'm tired of that. I'm going to sucker punch the next person that tells me to be strong when I'm snot crying on the ground, okay? I am snot crying on the ground. I need to be told to be strong, okay? In those moments, you need to be soothed. 
You need someone to come alongside you because, you know, men heal shoulder to shoulder. Women, we, we heal eye to eye. We're just like, look at me and tell me I'm beautiful still. And for men, we just, you guys need it shoulder to shoulder. I'm here, man. I'm not leaving your side. I got you. Who are the people in your life who are doing that? Who are they? The third thing that we need is to feel safe. Don't be around no messy friends, okay? That is like the not so fancy way of saying, who are the people in your life and are they safe? Have they told all your business? Have you taken a blood oath or not? I'm just kidding. Maybe don't go that far. You need, you need places that are safe. We need places that are safe as leaders. All right, now I'm in a confessional community. We meet every month for three hours. It's other leaders who got everything to lose, just like I got everything to lose. Okay, all I got is my name out here. And we are like, like signed to secrecy. And to know that I have a place where I can just be myself and not lose everything I got. And trust me, these are godly, amazing people who are gonna hold me accountable and they're gonna be righteous. But they're also gonna just hold me when I made a mistake. You need that. And you should not be on stages, on platforms, if you don't have it. Accountability, friends, witness, safety. When all three of those S's are met, when you are seen, when you are soothed, when you feel safe, you create secure attachments. It's secure attachments, the people that keep showing up over and over and over again. And we know this as leaders. We've seen it if we're a small group leader, if we're a youth pastor. We've seen it in, in children. We've seen it when you adopt a child. Where when you just keep showing up and seeing somebody and soothing them and making them feel safe over and over and over again, a secure attachment is made. And we need more secure attachments. I want to implore you to move into seen places to live on the offense and not the defense, to start doing this stuff right now so that you're not reacting to everything that's happening in your life, to let shame die right here, right now, and be okay with being guilty sometimes of doing crazy stuff, and be okay with the people that say, you're imperfect and you're wired for struggle, but you're still worthy of love and belonging. My hope is that this session has just been a breath of fresh air to you. Maybe a reset button to some of you. That just says, okay, I'm an imperfect, broken human. I was made for goodness, but we live in a fallen, broken world under a curse, and that's okay. But I can do this. I can go to counseling. I can get help. I can get trauma treatment if I need it. If something's just not clicking in an area that I'm trying to heal, I don't have to stand on a stage if I am not made for it in a place where I can hold it. I can sit down and rest. I don't have to do this this way. I'm so grateful that I know what it looks like to do ministry wrong because I've done it wrong. And I now know what it looks like to be a holy person, seeking wholeness and healing always so that I not only look like Jesus, but I act like him too, to his people, to my children, to my spouse, and to the people I get to lead. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you that we get to be called leaders, that we get to do this work, this hard and holy work of ministry and 
church planning and leadership and it's just not easy. I mean, it's just not for the faint, God. And so we need you. God, I ask that you remind us that we should always be followers of you. Because it's at that foundation, God, that everything else flows, that shame dies, that we get to create secure attachments on this earth, that we ultimately become the best versions of ourselves. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm curious what stood out for you. Was it realizing the difference of being a fan versus a follower? Or was it one of the four components of being seen, soothed, safe, and secure? Either way, I encourage you to take a few quiet moments and ask God, what is your next step? What should you do after hearing this message? Maybe it's just so encouraging to hear that your life can be amazing despite feeling so broken. Whatever it is, please know that there is a community of people praying for you and believing in you. Thanks and take care.